0: Now let us turn our um, Bibles to Exodus chapter. Okay, after us, um, Phoebe, ten commandments is found in Exodus chapter twenty. Very good. All right, verse twenty. Now it's very easy to remember. Verse twenty of the second book. Twenty divided by ten, uh, divided by two, we get ten. That's how I remember it. Exodus chapter 20. Now, let us first and foremost, let us first and foremost remember that the Ten Commandments are the moral laws. The Bible must be rightly divided. We must understand that. We must divide the kind of laws in the Bible. So the Ten Commandments moral law means it's something that is perpetual, all right? Not like the civil law of, for the Jews, not like the ceremonial laws in the Old Testament before Christ came. Those are done away with. Christ has uh, made it clear. Now, we want to study the Third Commandment now, How do I remember which is the third commandment? Now let us read the third commandment. If you want, you can read from your BBK books. Thou shalt... Let's read together. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Now what is holding the Lord's name in vain? What is that about? I think in the world history, there is not a single name that is more abused and used simply as a swear word than the name of the Christian God, Jesus Christ. You hear it in movies all the time. It is used like a swear word or used like an exclamation. Vain. Vain means you don't mean it, you take it lightly, without reverence. Think about this. Do they quote uh, Muhammad's name? Buddha's name? Now, because... Satan knows that this is a commandment for the believers. He wants to make sure that the world will break it, would abuse it, would mock at God. And Christian, you have to be careful because you may also use God's name in vain. Very commonly when people type in WhatsApp, OMG, oh my God. It is something that is so common now. You see some of the children, very young children in, in, in shopping centres, when they get shocked or when they get shocked or when they want not say something, they will say, oh, my God. Now, they are not referring to other gods. Now, what other things? How do we know they're not referring to other gods? They will say, "Jeez, jeez, jeez!" Now, Christian, don't say that. Just because your friends or your colleagues say that, it's just a short form for Jesus. Jeez, Or she's. Right? Instead of the J, they put a silent SH. That kind of things. Oh, Christ. For Christ's sake. Now, these are terrible examples of what Christians can also well, follow the world. Ah, it's just an expression. I have heard in churches and constantly here, and sometimes after preaching this, some of them would use it on purpose. They say, come on, it's, don't be so serious. You think God says, for the Lord will not, take him, will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Don't be so serious. Don't be so pedantic. Now, Christian, because we take the Ten Commandments very lightly. We take God very lightly. How would you feel when every time you meet your friend and they use your father's name in vain, after some time you say enough of it, you will speak up or you will say, forget it. I'm not talking to you anymore. So, Christian, you, are you guilty of that? Not just even words. It's so common. You hear it all the time. You may even think it when something happens. Oh, jeez. Oh, Christ. Because it's common. Don't even take it in vain in your thought. Every time it happens, ask God to forgive you. Confess this is a serious sin. And ask Him to help you overcome that. So young ones, adults alike, be careful of taking the Lord's name in vain. Right? Now that is why I am so against movies. It's constantly in movies. Movies, the words that they speak are not off off the cuff. By and large, they are scripted and they would script in your God's name to say it because they hate the Lord and Satan would want the whole world to blaspheme God as much as possible every day in school, at work, even in your mind. Now, that's one obvious thing, all right? But it doesn't end there. We've been studying in prayer meeting in the last days. Now, one of the characteristics of the last day's Christian, is what? Men will be traitors, betrayers, betrayers of Christ. And one of the things we learn, let him, the, the context that, that is in Second Timothy chapter 1 before it reached chapter, uh, chapter 2, before it reached chapter 3, where we have men will be traitors in perilous times, Christians in churches. Paul said, let anyone who named the name of Christ depart from iniquity, depart from sin. Let it not be once named among the believers. Now, when you read the Bible, you say, let anyone that nameth the name of Christ, means I name the name of Christ, I take his name to my name, Christian. Christian. Then you say, let let him depart from sin. How can we be traitors of God and how can we take the name of Christ in vain? We call ourselves Christians, but we live lives that does not reflect His name. But Instead, we live lives that are disobedient to His word. The world will say, oh, Christians are like that. You steal. You cheat. You lie. You're dishonest. You're unkind, unjust at work. Now, the Christian who calls himself a Christian but yet not only just swears, but, well, I don't take God's name in vain, but by your life, you show that God is vain to you. His commandments means nothing. and just live as you wish. You do not obey His commandments. That's taking His name in vain. So, Christian, you must realize that. There's, so don't just take this commandment as well using Christ, Christ's name. You have to ask, what, what does my life reflect about Christ? Have I taken his name on myself in vain? Examine our lives at work, in school. Now then, or even our family life. Now the bottom line is this. As long as you, deny, you disobey God's commandment deliberately, carelessly, you're taking his name in vain already. These commandments are for the believers. And believers must awaken to this fact. Now, next one. You can also take God's name in vain how? You know, the Lord told me this. You want to do something. You already made up your mind. You know that it is not what God wants you to do. But you know when you tell your parents, your children, your spouse, your church friends, the pastor, you know, I'm sure this is God's will. You take His name in vain when it is your will. Do not bring God's name into your life, into your statements, into your excuses, into your... Um, false pretenses and say, God. Now, that is one thing that Christians we need to be very careful of. God, showed, God told me this. You know, uh, God, I'm sure God would want me to do this and so on and so forth. Do not do that. You are, God did not say that. God did not want you to do that. It is not God's will. Some things are so clear in the Bible. That is not what God says. Christians want to be in unequal yoke. Christian wants to habit Christians want to divorce Christians wants to um, take a job that they should not take but you know God told me you know I and mean, when they, they would twist scriptures to support what they want that is taking God's name in vain don't draw, drag God into your sins so that's another example all right so I'm just giving you examples There are plenty more if you read at the back of your BBK books for example now n- another one praying can you take God's name in vain? In prayer? Yes. Christian, do not pray something that is not God's will and then say, In Jesus' name, I pray. God, please give me this job. When you know the job will cause you to sin, to do to that are clearly against God's commandments. There are certain jobs that the Christian shouldn't take because they are to support. Sin, very openly sinful causes. And they say, oh, church, can you please pray for this? And then you pray and they say, in Jesus' name. Do not pray prayers like that. Or sometimes you pray, right? You want to attack someone in prayer. Then in the prayer group, you pray. And they say, in Jesus' name. You want to let people know some sin of others. Then you pray that. Now, Christian, do not say amen, when you know this prayer is not right. If someone is deliberately breaking the word of God, next one we learn, the Sabbath. If someone prays, Lord, we pray that you protect this person when he's working on the Lord's day and repeatedly. You cannot say amen because the moment you say amen, you yourself are taking the name of the Lord in vain because the person is doing something sinful. Oh Lord, please, um, please bless this marriage. My child wants to get married to... So and so, it's unbeliever. And then here he hear, hear the prayer and say Amen. You cannot say Amen because you will take the name of the Lord in vain. So say Amen very carefully in prayer. Your prayers must also be careful. Now, what else? By way of example, the worship of God. I think that is taken in vain every Sunday. Certain worship services, they bring in practices, practices, um, music ways that are totally carnal from the world and then they offer it to God and say God we praise you Jesus Christ we praise you and all that well the worship of God we have to ask ourselves is it vain are we taking his name in vain say yeah yeah that kind of churches but what about you and I when we worship the Lord we have to ask do am I taking the Lord's name in vain because we follow the pastoral prayer. We follow the opening prayer. We follow the thanksgiving prayer. Do you follow it? Or in your heart and mind, just, uh, when will this prayer end? And you don't care when, the, when prayers are offered up to Christ in the name of God. When you worship, when you sing, you don't listen, you don't even look at the words. You don't even think about the words. You just stand there and just look around, yawn. Worship is about Reverencing the name of God, that is what it is. Often you see the, in the Psalms, we praise your name, we worship your holy name. Worship is always tied, always tied to the name of God, his character, his attributes, who he is, that is what you're worshipping. So Christian, when we do not worship God, and I hope this changes you today, every time we worship God, we must not take his name in vain. We sing, mean what we sing. And when you sing and God convicts you of your sin, then confess in your heart, Lord, I'm singing this, but I know I'm not living this. I must not sing this in vain to you. So don't worship God in vain. So some of these things are so common in our lives that we don't think about it and we simply say, I do not take God's name in vain because I don't curse and swear with His name. There's a lot more than that. All right, God's commandments, all the laws and the prophets hang on this. Now, then, we want to move to the next commandment. All right, the next commandment. Now, let's read. Now, actually, for the next commandment, I want us to read from the Bible. All right, turn to Exodus chapter twenty, please. Oh, by the way, the the, the commandment number three. The name, don't take the name of God. I remember it by the Trinity. Trinity is one of the description of the holy God. So three Trinity, all right? So I, that's how I remember the name of God. The name of God describes who it is. Now let's turn to Exodus chapter 20. Now I want us to read from verses um, 8 to 11, all right? 8 to 11 reading. Six days, oh, sorry, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labour and do all thy work, "'but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. "'In it thou shalt not do any work, "'thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, "'nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, "'nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. "'For in six days the Lord made, the, made heaven and earth,' The sea and all that in them is, and rested, the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Now, is the fourth commandment? How do you remember four? All right, what's the fourth commandment? By and large, there are four Sundays in a month. I know there are five, or I'm just helping myself to remember. There are by and large four Sundays. So lots of four Sundays, and I think. Wow, that's the fourth commandment, all right? So help you remember, that's all I can do. You remember and I hope that you you will obey God's commandments. Now, by and large, Christians today, they do not keep this commandment. For various reasons, and I think it's one of the sins that is committed every day, every week around the world by Christians, and they do not realize that they are breaking God's commandment. Now, is the fourth commandment to be kept? Or are we nine commandments Christians in the New Testament onwards? Why are there some who believe in that? Maybe even in you, I, you think, ah, come on, you know, this is, this is not to be kept anymore, the Sabbath. Now, one of the reasons why it is like that, and I even have in my Bible, the segment when it comes to Christ, talking about the Sabbath, they say, and the command of the Bible is, Christ abolishes the Ten Commandments. Eh, sorry, Christ abolishes the Sabbath. That is the way they it. This section is Christ abolishing, Christ removing the Ten Commandments. Now, why do Christians come to this conclusion? Because they say, you see, look at the New Testament when Christ was on earth. He constantly argued with the Pharisees about the Ten Commandments. And he said, no, you know, forget about this. Do this. It's fine and all that. So he said, yeah, you see, it proves that Christ said, The fourth commandment is not important anymore. But please read carefully before you jump to that conclusion. When you read it, Christ said, I am the Lord of Sabbath. Christ said, I have not come to abolish the law, but I've come to keep the law. And read carefully. Christ said, Christ was correcting the way they kept the Sabbath. Christ was not cancelling Sabbath. Christ expected them to keep the Sabbath rightly but the pharisees by that time have implemented so many things around the sabbath which god did not command in his word god does command his people to keep the sabbath but the pharisees added many of their own ideas in there and it came to the point where that was not the purpose intent and the practice of sabbath so christ was Because he wanted people to keep it rightly, he kept correcting it. So he was not constantly arguing to remove it, but he's constantly arguing to reinstate the right practice of keeping the Sabbath. Now, if Christ broke the Sabbath himself, and that was his point. He said, you broke the Sabbath. And Christ said, I did not break the Sabbath. You do not understand what the Sabbath is, and you're accusing me of breaking the Sabbath. And he explained what is keeping the Sabbath to them in many instances. Now, keeping the Sabbath, if Christ broke the Sabbath, you know what it means? We are not saved. Because he said, now, the, the Saviour must be spotless, must be one that, has, that is sinless, without breaking any law at any time, at all, in any way. Then he can be the spotless Lamb of God. If Christ Broke the Sabbath, and that was why he defended it. I did not break it because if I break it, then I'm no longer God and I, I, won't be your sa- I can't be your Savior. So, Christian, number one, because of that constant um, droning, uh, it's not relevant anymore, cost remove it. Many Christians have also begun to think churches that teach keeping the Sabbath, uh, you know, they are these Pharisees. Not at all. I started off by reminding us there are laws, civil laws, ceremonial laws god has abolished but the moral law is not abolished so should we keep it today well i'll give you three reasons number one is the moral law It's in the moral law god had only 10 everlasting moral laws eternal laws upon which all his commandments hang on only 10 and he included keeping the sabbath in the Ten Commandments. If God intended it to be abolished, why would He keep it, select it when He only want to give ten and include it and later abolish it? Never. He intended it to be kept forever for the believer on earth. So number one, because it's part of the moral law. Now the moral law was given not like the civil law or the ceremonial law. You read the the pre leading to the giving of the Ten Commandments. God would say, keep them away from the mountain. His holy hour descent. descend. There were thunder, lightning, shaking of mountains. God made sure that it was so dramatic because this was going to be the lasting moral law upon all commandments will hang on. He made it so dramatic that the people would really notice and never forget then he gave this ten. You think he want to include one that he will remove? So number one, part of the moral law. Now look at your number two. Look at your um, Exodus chapter. Now you look at all the laws that God gave in the Ten Commandments. There is only one law which God tied to creation. Now look at verse. Now when he says verse nine, six days thou shalt work. And do all thy, sixty days shall labor, and do all thy work. Well, verse 8, keep the Sabbath. Now, then he explained. Now, I want you to ask, ex- no, God says, why I put in the Sabbath day. And he says, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. Now, then he says in verse 11, for, for the reason why I have established the moral, this ten, this um, fourth commandment is because of this. What is this? For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea, and in them is and rested on the seventh day, wherefore, Wherefore? again, first it says, for, then now wherefore, the Lord blessed the seventh day and hallowed it. Now, there are very few things in the Bible where God ties it to the creation. In other words, when whenever God ties it to creation, you cannot say, well, it's temporal. You cannot say that, well, it is, um, it is something that is, well, depends on culture and time. When God pulls something in and says, from creation, and based on creation. He's emphasizing one thing. Now, this is an intention that is to be kept as long as the earth exists. I did it right from the beginning. So, Christian, as long as this earth stands, as long as we are on earth, this is to stand. So, please know the second reason. God, of all the commandments, is the only one where he bring in a... Uh, uh, everlasting so to speak concept it's not to change it's almost as if no I won't say almost as if God would already know his believers will be deceived or will intentionally break the law and say please remember all the way back to creation don't talk about well things have changed and, and um, um, this, is, this is based on culture and so on and it's for the Jews is creation only for the Jews? no so creation is the second reason alright Creation law. law. Now, then the third one is, it is a covenant, a sign, all right? A sign between God and his people. I want to show you. Now, let's read together, Ezekiel 20, verse 19. Let's read. I am the Lord your God. Oops, sorry. Let's read together. I am the Lord your God. Walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. And hallow my Sabbaths, and they shall be a sign between me and you, that ye, that ye may know that I am the Lord your God. Notwithstanding the children rebelled against me, they walk not in my statutes, nor keep my judgments to do them. Which, if a man do, he shall even live in them. They polluted my Sabbaths. Then I said, I will pour out my fury upon them, to accomplish my anger against them in the wilderness. Now God says the Sabbath is a sign, a sign. Now how was it a sign? The the unbelievers have never encountered a religion in their times where the God meets with them constantly, regularly, weekly. They were shocked. They said, why God is so near to th- his people in Deuteronomy? They, was, they were surprised. And they said, this is their God and this God is like that. And it's a God that is so close to his people. Meet them every week? Well, for us, it's, it's once a year. That's all. And we meet, when we, when we meet God is, our God is not close to us, a distant God. So it is a unique sign for the believers. Now, believers, when you keep the Sabbath, it is a sign to the world that you you are a Christian, and this is the way you draw close to your God. All right, so three things, three things. It's a sign between us, but God already said, even back then, they polluted the Sabbath. So three reasons why it is part of what we should keep today. Now, then the next question leads to, it leads to is then, well then what how what what is what day should we keep the sabbath what day should we keep the sabbath because they kept it on saturday so why is it not kept on saturday now when we read the bible we must know there are certain principles because some argue god did not say explicitly in the bible I have moved my Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. He did not say that, so we should do it on Saturday. So there are some that continue to do that because they say God never said. Now, did God say the word Trinity? Is Trinity in the Bible? God specifically Trinity? It is not. Now, there are many things that we practice as Christians. We do so because... We see the practice in the Bible and it's clear. Did God give a very specific, you must do this, exactly this? No. But we practice it because we see the practice in the Bible. Now, when we begin to realize that, we must read the Bible knowing sometimes when it's repeatedly mentioned what is done, number one, and number two, God never condemned it. All right? I'm not saying that if it's repeatedly done, means it's right. And there's no indication that God condemned it, but in fact, God supported it, then you will know it's something that is louder than words. It's all over the place. Now, why do I tell you that? Because when the Lord resurrected, now, in fact, at the now when the Lord resurrected, the disciples knew that something has changed. It's just like um, did God say, well, this, um, you, will, you will not have this um, um, Passover anymore, and the Passover is replaced by the Holy Communion? He did not say that, but the disciples understood. They understood that now the Passover is no longer, and they began to practice the breaking of bread and the cup. They began to practice that. They understood it, though Christ did not say it explicitly. And then from then on, you see they keep practicing. That's why we practice it. Now, the other one is, they began to meet on the Lord's day, the day that the Lord resurrected. And Christ appeared to them on the Lord's day when they were gathering. And Christ did not scold them. Hey, guys, what are you doing? We should, you should have met yesterday. I should, then I appeared to you yesterday. No, instead he said, peace be unto you. No, he said, you have polluted my service. No, but peace be unto you. He blessed their gathering. They were gathering in prayer, in prayer in the word and all that, he appeared to them to be in their presence, showing that he sanctioned and he, he is the one who, who um, put this in place and he, he graced their gathering. So Christ did not condemn their gathering. Then after that, you will see constantly, the church understood that it was now, keeping of the Sabbath is now on the first day of the week, no longer the seventh now a few things you must remember when you look at the Bible. God says, "Six days thou shalt work, six days thou shalt do, thou six days shalt thou labour and do all thy work." But the seventh day is the Sabbath. Now God did not say which day specifically in the sense of this will be the particular day, but He said six days you work, and the principle is one of the seven days you keep the Sabbath. So God is very precise. He already intended that in the Old Testament, the Sabbath will be on Saturday, one of the seven days. Then in the New Testament, it will be Sunday, the Lord's day, His resurrection. And it will be that day, one in seven also. It's about one in seven. All right? Now, that's another thing that you realize and I show you some verses for example. All right, do I have it here? I think so. From then on, look at what the practice in the New Testament church was. Acts 20, verse 7, let's read together. And on the first day of the week... is it, Oh, sorry. Alright, let's read together on the screen. And on the first day of the week, of us having come together to break bread, Paul about to depart on the next day, they talked to them and continued the talk until midnight. Now, this was the day they gathered to break bread means they gather for Holy Communion. They did not practice this on the Saturday, but on the first day of the week. It became a church practice. Part of the worship was breaking of bread. Now then, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 2, let's read, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Now, Paul, Paul very clearly said, he already assumed and expected that they will meet on the first day of the week where there is worship, there is breaking of bread, and there was the offerings. Just like us, offerings happen. Now again, these, these are practices that are there. He say that is when you collect offerings. Is it biblical? Did God say, thou shalt collect offerings? On? These are the practices and that's why we do it on the first day where we collect the offerings. Alright? So... Now, in Revelation 1.10, let's read, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, and so on. So the Bible now begins to have a particular word, the Lord's day, the Lord's day, the first day of the week, the first day of the week, the first day of the week, and it's called the Lord's day. So you notice that the Jews, they argued, even Christians that got converted from, from the Jewish practice, They argued about circumcision because they know it was such an important thing. They argued about it. It was such an important sign. God says, this is a sign between me and you, me and the people. So they say, hey, what happened to this sign, Paul? How can you say we don't circumcise ourselves anymore? And then the Gentiles, they must be circumcised. It's a sign. We've done it all along. God commands that. They argued about that all the time. But I want you to notice one thing. Not a single argument ever occurred. They say, why do we not keep the Sabbath? How is it that we, did not, we are not keeping the Sabbath? Because the Christians, they already understood and they saw with their eyes, it's constantly meeting on the Lord's day, which is the first day of the week. No one argued about that. They understood it has been changed by the Lord. The Lord is the Lord of Sabbath. He simply says, six days, one day. Is it for the Lord to Lord's prerogative now to change the keeping of the Sabbath to the day that he resurrected? It's up to him. It's just like holy communion. Is it up to the Lord? To the Lord of Passover? Is it up to him to say, now no longer killing of lamb? He says, now is breaking of bread. It's for him to change in the new covenant. So, Christian, for these reasons, not only knowing that it is part of the moral law, it is tied to creation, knowing that this is the emphasis of God, this is not something that we just remove, knowing that it is a sign. Now, knowing that all this, and then seeing that God sanctioned, blessed with His own personal presence, when they intuitively know they gather on the Lord's day, then we know which day it is now. It is moved in the New Testament. That is why The New Testament church, right to now, we worship, right? The main line churches, we worship on the Lord's Day. Should you worship on Saturday? That has increasingly become common today. Why? Because the world, they do not care about keeping the Ten Commandments. Neither is it for them to keep. And to them, Sunday is the best day to, well, have um, walkathons, have jogathons, have um, piano performances, have all these things. They organize things on Sunday. To them, that is the recreation day. They don't care. So over time, Christians began to feel, hey, I want to be part of all those things, you know. Or Christians began to feel yeah, very tiring to work every day. The day before I go back to work, uh, the Monday blues. Uh, I want to keep Sunday free to relax and sleep and recreate so that uh, I'm recharged recharge for Monday. So over time, Christians also began to feel, you know, Sunday, uh, yeah. why don't we do this worship on Saturday, then Sunday we can keep it for family day, that kind of thing. Then Christians began to also begin to say, well, let's worship on Sunday. Churches, pastors, especially who do not believe, the Ten Commandments is, number one, not relevant to us. Number two, the, if we are Nine Commandments Christians anyway. The Lord abolished the Sabbath. So now they begin to say, it doesn't matter which day. Now, when in the Old Testament, did the children of Israel have any choice? Can they say, well, anyway, the Ten Commandments say six days, then one day, right? So we, can we choose another day? Friday, Tuesday, Thursday. You know, my family, Sunday is the busiest day. A lot of washing, a lot of cleaning, a lot of, you know, I have to do tuition with the children. And then the children have all these things to do. There are ECA activities. I think our family will keep it on, on Thursday instead of Saturday. Did they have a choice? No. It was God's prerogative and God's appointment of which day. Likewise for the New Testament. It was the appointment of the Lord's day, His resurrection day. It became even more special. Right? So Christians, when you begin to understand that, you cannot just want to change what God has set in place. Now then, knowing all this, I hope that in your heart, you know from now onwards, it is part of the moral law, it's tied to creation, principle, it is a sign between me and God, it is... Something that the law has changed to Sunday is not for me to pick and choose. Then I want to ask you this question. Kenny, is it a sin to break keeping the Lord's Day? Right nowadays, we will say keep the Lord's Day instead of the Sabbath. You want to say the Sabbath, the principle is still there. All right, the Sabbath, Sabbath simply means rest. All right, Sabbath is not, the word Sabbath is not Saturday. All right, don't be mistaken. Somebody say, Sabbath means Saturday. Sabbath, the Hebrew word simply means rest. That's why I say, for example, say, um, six days, they say, but the seventh day, the Lord is the rest. The Sabbath of the Lord is rest. And then in verse 11, the Lord made heaven and earth and all, and then they say, he rested. Same word, Sabbath. The Lord Sabbath. It means rest. All right, so Kenny, is it a sin for a Christian to not keep the Lord's day? It is a sin i won't ask you to show off hands how many of you have lived most of your christian life thinking that it is not a sin to break the sabbath all right you don't have to put up your hands but i hope i hope that the word of god has settled in your heart once and for all now i say many times the christian living is progressive sanctification as you want to obey the lord And I'm sure as a true believer, you want to. Over time, God will begin to show you areas of your life that you've been disobedient. You must expect that. And when it has reached a time where the Lord is very patient, now if the Lord was to dump everything on you at one time, He knows sometimes due to our maturity, our flesh, we may not be ready. And God over time progressively, kindly, patiently began to show us Now my point is this, Christian, when the Lord begins to show you certain things from the Word of God, whatever your thinking, your upbringing, your ideas have been, when we study the Bible, the Bible, we remember, we memorize the Bible, is the sole and final authority of all matters relating to faith and practice. I say that again, the Bible is the sole and final authority on all matters of faith and practice why is the word of god perfect and preserved because god expects us and god wants us to know it so when those things begin to appear and you begin to say well you know this is difficult it's not what i understood it to be well argue against what the bible has said now some when they understand this they say oh this church is too extreme i i leave then the question is this. Say, wow, well, to say this, sin. No, Christ scolded the Pharisees. Keeping the Sabbath is pharisaical, is sinful. It's a misunderstanding. Now, then, I will ask each one of us if we think that way. Now, if this fourth commandment is in the top five, huh? is in scriptures and clear and tied to creation principle. Now, then, if it is there, would you say, the whole world, say lying a little bit here and there, is fine. And therefore, the ninth commandment is not so important. If the whole world says cheating, which is stealing, is fine, then, you know, it's not that serious. Do you think that way? You do not. The whole world says, well, you know, steal once in a while. It's okay. The whole world, even pastors, commit um, 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 divorces, when the Bible is clear, they commit adultery, they divorce their wife and remarry and do it again and again. Just because even pastors do that, does it mean therefore the seventh commandment is not that important anymore? We are nine commandments, six commandments, five commandments, four commandments Christian. Christ made it clear all the prophets and the law hang on these ten commandments. He do not say it in vain. Right, so believers, when you understand that, then you have to say, ask, ask yourselves: Would I say it is okay once a month to commit adultery? Is it okay once a month to um, lie, to cheat, to steal? Once a month to murder? Once in seven week, seven days, to to steal? You do not think like that, but have you been conditioned today to today to say once? in a month, twice in a month, once in um, seven days, it's okay to break this law. It is not. It is not. All right, so we've seen, is it to be kept? We've seen what day it is to be kept when we return next week. they say, Lord, I want to obey you now. How to keep the Sabbath? Because there are wrong ways also. Let us pray.